This is David Keane. Welcome to Quo's second season of the Future of Travel podcast. In our first season, we asked leaders from across the tourism spectrum what they thought would happen in light of an ever-worsening virus. Today, in mid-August 2020, we have some clarity. The equilibrium between economic need and safety is driving some improvement. The Northern Hemisphere's summer has shown the will of the people is to travel. It may be slowed, but it won't be stopped. In our second season, we want to understand this yearning. What compels us to travel? Where does that curiosity come from? And how do we see travel in a post-virus world? We hope you enjoy these conversations. Good morning. Welcome to season two of the Future of Travel uh, podcast from Quo. I'm David Keane, um, and I'm I'm very honored to have as our first guest um, Abhijay Sandilia, the Vice President of Development for Intercontinental for the Intercontinental Hotel Group IHG out of Sydney, um, serving Austra- uh, Australasia, Japan, and the South Pacific. Abhijay, welcome to the Future of Travel. It's an honor to have us to have you with us. We're thrilled to see you. Thank you, David. No, it's an, uh, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for being uh, for having me as the first participant in your in your new season. Um, looking forward to our chat in the next half an hour or so. Cool. How are you doing? Um, great in many ways. Um, as we all know, when when strange times and the industry is going through so much so much change and uh, so much uncertainty, but. Um, there's been many, some of us have been in the fortunate position of, you know, having the time to take, just take a step aside and, and recalibrate how we, you know, how we've, what we've got so used to and, you know, working from home and doing all the stuff that uh, we would normally do on the road. Uh, as you travel a lot, David, my life revolves around being on an airplane. And since March this year, it's been, um, sitting on the same chair and in the same city, which is probably the first time in my development career that I've had to do that. And um, in many ways, that's been, and that's been really rewarding because uh, we've had the, we, you know, had the chance to do, do all the stuff that we've, we said we know we'll do when we have some time or we'll, you know, we'll put life on pause and be able to do stuff. But then still having to get deals done and still having to reimagine how we interact with clients in, in markets like Japan and, and Australia where, where we work from and, and doing, doing a sort of having, having a little fun at that and spending some time with the family. So um, it's been a bit of a mixed bag this year. And you're, you're, you're now based in Sydney, having lived um, we know, you know, in, in Dubai and in Singapore most recently. How has the virus been in in Sydney? How how are Sydney siders dealing with it? How how aggressive is it now? Um, are you worried about the future? I mean, it's is it is it something that you guys all think you know with the sort of lackadaisical Australia, Australian lifestyle and, and and attitude? Is it something that we're going to just have to live with? Yeah, well, to answer your question, we're sitting somewhere in August 2020, and um, I think we've been in the fortunate position where uh, Sydney, at least, has been relatively um, 
got away relatively unscathed with with the impact of the virus in in many ways in terms of what the with the covid stats board says in terms of deaths and cases we've had a recent resurgence in victoria but again on the global scale um you know credit to the australian government for all the work they put in, in in actively managing how that works you know you look 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 down the road across the ditch to new zealand where they've had you know zero cases and life's pretty much gone back to normal so in, within our batch there's some relatively relative normalcy in in some of our markets um I, as you say i think it's something we're just going to have to live with it's um it's something that's probably here till you know whether it's a cure or a vaccine or what shape or form that takes but it's um it's certainly given us um you know in, in many ways as to your, to your question earlier what the impact has been um especially the travel industry it's as as we all know it's been absolutely decimated and we're feeling the same effects down here being an island we've the borders have been closed for the better part of this year and you know will be probably closed for foreseeable future and as you can imagine that's taken a toll on, on on the industry and everything that requires to keep ourselves safe from the virus is everything that you know that 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 harms the travel and tourism industry from social distancing to to lack of borders to essentially not being able to guests not being able to visit our hotels so it's uh, it's it's certainly been well, the toughest time some of our some you know people in the high industry will ever face in their lives and um the government's done a good job on keep in you know in many ways of keeping what we call job keeper or the or the subsidies in place to help um to help us bridge bridge us to the next next phase when you know hopefully we can see life returning to some level of normalcy and your colleagues your friends um in australia and beyond have you been able have you have you seen a a more um it's the word a more volcanic i'm not volcanic is the wrong word a more um erratic erratic emotional reactions responses um a more humbling experience um and have you found that difficult to manage it, that, that's a good that's a good question in many ways so to for to the first part of your question around um we're in really unnatural times i mean we're we're social beings right so you remove a large degree of social interaction and that places you in very sort of un, you know it puts it puts unnatural situations around you so um what we've done at IG and and credit to the credit to our our senior leaders is um through the last few months we've we've all been encouraged to take a day off a month just to what we call recharge days and initially you know just being so used to you know just being that in traveling at the speed of light on on deals um you, you feel like you know you can you can you can just plow through this but when i did my first recharge day it, it sort of dawned on me the impact on this this virus sort of or just generally the unnatural circumstances we're in has is having on me and the general you know our colleagues out there because um you know to, whether it's zoom calls or whether it's just the lack of complete travel or you know the lack of adrenaline the lack of buzz from from having to change the way we live um has has a mental impact right and i think it's it, it, my my suggestion my own learning is 
um, that impact amplifies tough situations and where we're all going through tough periods of time, whether it's, you know, personal situations or whether it's, um, as, as we've all seen, you know, the industries you know, making redundancies and all those things rock the boat a fair bit. And it's important to, to take time for ourselves as leaders in the industry to, to, to take a step back and recharge and making sure we're at our best so we can lead our, three, you know, lead our teams through this crisis. Yeah, it's really hard. I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think, you know, you answered that beautifully. Um, it is. It's, it's also very hard as leaders for, I mean, and I include myself, obviously, in, in, in this equation, for us to maintain, not to maintain positivity. I've managed after the first couple of weeks. I mean, I was in, I came back from Europe in the second week of March, on the 9th of March. I came to Thailand and I haven't been outside of Thailand since. Um, and on, in the third week of March, uh, my son had come back, who's at university in London, and my son had come back and was sitting with me in our, in, in, in our living room. And I was really, really worried. My business, you know, I've had this business for 25 years. Um, and it's my life. I mean, it's, it's everything that I've done. I mean, it's, it's my rep not just my reputation, but the reputation of the company and all of the work that we've done. All of a sudden, I... I couldn't see any light. It was about the third week of March. Clients were coming one after the other and saying, you know, we're, we're stopping, we're closing, we're, we're, we're not doing anything. All operating revenue just cut. And, and I, I didn't know how far it was going to go. And I, I couldn't see the light. So when I couldn't see the light, and, and I've used this metaphor throughout the whole crisis, when I couldn't see the light, I, I, I went dark inside and it was really scary. And, you know, I've got 80 odd employees here in Bangkok and elsewhere and in other offices around the world. And I, I didn't know, you know, as I said, I couldn't see the light. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how to, how to react and what to do. And it's interesting. And, as a leader and as you for yourself in, in, in your team in Australia and in Japan and wherever, we have to be positive. We have to retain that, that spirit, that sense of purpose. Yeah, David, thanks. thanks. Thank you for sharing your experience through that, through, through your times through that. And I think it's just people, your your sentiments probably echo what a lot of people or most people in the travel and tourism industry is facing. And I've used this analogy a few times with with clients and colleagues and friends was um, when we when we started seeing life in, in Australia and New Zealand going back to relative normalcy um, at this at the start of um, you know start of June after the first wave finished and before we, you know, Melbourne went back in lockdown, um, we saw in many ways there was light at the end of the tunnel, right? And as, as Victoria went into second lockdown, that started weighing in on sentiment. And I think it's really, really important at this time to, to, to just, just remind ourselves that collectively there's, you know, there's, you know, 
few hundred million jobs that are in the travel to tourism industry and we're all collectively impacted by things we can't control. Uh, and I think that's probably where we can take some comfort in 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 this that a we're in this together and and I think what um, what 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 is what sort of keeps me going is the fact that we we live in a globalized world and that sentiment and that pent up demand is not going away anytime soon. Right, people travel broadens horizons. Travel, travel. You know, it's 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 immeasurable what travel can do for people. And I think as soon as as soon as we're able to get back, I think there's there's certainly a, a bright future out there for the industry. But you know, you it's you just have to make sure you're you're keeping yourself sane during these tough times. Because, um, as you say, as, and lead and lead our teams through these tough times. Because um, we're all collectively in this together. together. I was listening to a, a, a podcast this morning. Um, with Simon Sinek, the the the, the brilliant um, visionary um, out of New York, um, talking talking about people. Um, when they're in their business lives and when they're in their personal lives and people, and it was a fantastic thing that he said. He was like, well, you know, as a, you know, when you're in business and you're a certain way and then you're as in, in, in your personal life and you're in a certain way, in one of them, you're lying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you are, we are who we are. And the reasons why, and, you know, to your point, Abhijay, the reasons why we travel are both, they're neither personal nor business. They're, they're, I think they're probably more emotional. They're more, um, experience driven or, or adventure driven or what feeds our soul. And I know when I, I mean, I know for myself why, pretty much why I do it, but I, I'm, I don't think it's an addiction. I don't think it's a buzz that I need. I think it's a dimension that I always want to fit. I always want to fill. How, what do you think? I mean, as I said, I, I travel a vast, or before this whole thing kicked in, I traveled a vast amount. I honestly, truly look forward to every single trip. Very few. There's one place that I never wanted to go. But I won't say publicly what that is, where that is. But apart from that, um, I've always wanted to go. I pretty much want to go everywhere. Yeah, I think we're much the same, and I think that's probably what drew drew us to this industry, right? It's um, I've in my in my short career, this is this is the ape country we're living in, um, and we've you know, I I there's certain there's an absolute buzz, and to your point that. Um, it's 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 lovely to be in working in a job where you can where you can marry both the your personal sort of zest for life and have you know tra- travel that comes with it and 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 I always say to my colleagues the one I mean one big part about the last six months of not and Japan for me is is what well, it's a market I work in but it's a market I'm also massively in love with it's um it's, it's Japan it's not being able to do do those business trips to Japan because right. it, it's really hard to to try and and it's unnatural to try and do these things remotely and right. and work work from you know sort of all doing you know having this conversation with you in Bangkok and me in Sydney um, just completely through 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 a television screen or through a computer monitor right? 
Um, and I think that's that's the that's the part that gives me comfort and faith that you know when 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 we are able to travel and where when things come back, I hope I mean that should hopefully be a springboard. Yes, corporate travel will probably get rewritten in many ways in the next decade to come, but certainly it, it won't it won't take away you know this the nomadic um, sort of buzz people get from 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 experiencing new destinations and the experiences that that shape personalities, that shape minds, that shape you know shape how people live their lives. So, um, and that's that's the multifaceted nature of, of global travel that we as a company, as IG, and in you and your industry are you know sort of are so important to shape because um, we've got to be you know we've we've and. We've also got to give that to the next generation, right? When when they are going back, and to that point, I think one of the big things that that have come off of this crisis is we've we've we're looking at ways of how we sustainably manage what travel looks like in the future, right? I mean, we've all seen those those photographs of the big crowded beaches in 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 all parts of popular beach destinations in Asia, and we've reimagined what travel could look like in a more sustainable manner in the next decade, and what we what we hand over to the next generation, and I think this is probably the opportunity to, you know, to 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 take a sh- you know, to, for that for that vision to take shape of how we how how we travel in a world with eight billion people and a billion a billion travel movements around the world, and how is that sustainable? And how do you how do you fill one Louvre museum with when when there's you know a, a springboard of affluence in, in in all the developing economies? And everyone wants to be in the museum, or everyone wants to be in that beach. How do you, how do you do Venice sustainably? Right, we've we've seen Venice being a big benefactor of the lack of, with with uh, within the last six months, where tourism has has slowed down, and all the benefits that came to the local people and the canals. But it's it's yeah, it's how how do we get a more sustainable, more balanced e- travel economic model going? Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you, and I think that. It's very meaningful to me to listen to you bringing up this whole sustain the I, I talk more even more I've kind of taken sustainability over the last five months and made it more about purpose. I think there's um, there's the, the, there's a greater thing in play now that it's life life has become maybe as a function of the virus. Has become slightly has become more meaningful, and what we're giving to our what we're um, giving back to our planet, um, and what we're how we're protecting our planet is just one part of it. And I think that the purpose of brands and, and and the purpose of hotels, and I've said this quite a lot over the last few months has to evolve to become more distinctive to become more meaningful not just for the new for the for the generations that are growing up but 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 for the world and it's wonderful to hear you kind of reinforce reinforcing that yeah absolutely and i I think whether it's our es commitment to esg at ig or um we're big we're big uh, global travel company or one of the largest in the world and we have a role to play in that and we we're, we're at the forefront of impact because we are you know we're with 
whether it's our owners and how we manage through with our real estate partners or how we manage through the communities that we're impacting, right? And, and I think as IG, we're, we're extremely committed to working to balance the needs of real estate owners with the, with the, whether it's from a diversity inclusion point of view or the communities we play in or how our guests travel and, and you know, whether it's from a carbon reduction um, promises we made or, or just the simple thing of, you know, being the first company to say, we're going to get rid of little toiletries and use bulk amenity. So, um, you know, we're, we're not going to, being, being a large, you know, large hotel company with over 5,800 hotels, um, we have to influence from the inside of the industry um, and do our, play our part in that, in, uh, in playing that influence of, of slowly making that step change to, to, as you say, you know, from a, from a purpose point and rather than using the word sustainability. Yeah, it's, uh, I agree. Abjad, I could go on talking for ages. We've already been going um, for about 20 odd minutes. And I, I just want to ask you one, one or two more questions. One more question, because we really um, will we'll, uh, we'll ha- we'll have to cut it. But um, let's, let me just take you back again to, to you missing Japan. I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Not so much what do you love about Japan, because that's too big of a question. But what do you miss? Well, Japan is so multifaceted. Let's start there, right? I mean, first <laughs> of all, let's 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 talk about the the business aspects of it. Um, we recently closed a deal in Osaka, which was a conversion of an existing asset to a holiday and brand. Um, and that speaks volumes to the fact that this is the adaptability of the human mind and the human body that faced with um, faced with you know a gun to your head, you can sit you can sit in front of a computer and get a deal done. You or, ask me, if I may interrupt for a second, or you can sit with a gun to your head and then say to you, I need a brand, and say, hold it in. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's, uh, that's one way of looking at it. But, but I, I think the point I'm trying to make is we, we've, we've adapted in these unnatural times to get business done. But um, it, you asked me that question 12 months ago, I would have said it's unimaginable to do a deal remotely sitting in Sydney, working with colleagues in Tokyo and having a client in Tokyo trying to get a negotiation done. So I certainly miss the, um, just miss the chemistry of sitting in, in a room, getting, you know, working through this, because we're, we're people business. So if you're saying we're people business, we're about travel, we're about movements. If we're saying we in the industry are doing things like this, then imagine what other industries that are not in travel and imagine how they're doing their business. So. Um, I think there's certainly an element of missing that human connection and missing building those human bonds while doing business. And then there's just the whole, the whole I mean, just the whole other, you know, other aspect of the magnificence of Japan and the reason why it went from 8 million passenger arrivals to, to close to 30 million passenger arrivals in a, in a, in a four-year period in Japan because of the, the tourism product that Japan has to offer is, is so unique in many ways. And, Sadly, the Olympics had to be moved, um, but we—I was very fortunate to be part of the IG team that was did lots of work around the Rugby World Cup, and Japan did such a spectacular job of putting on that World Cup. And that probably sums up the other aspects of what I miss about of being in that lo- in that in that the lovely environment of um, 
of of Japan, diversity from from the gastronomy to to the to the sights and sounds to this to the ski slopes of of Hokkaido to to the to the to the lovely beaches down in in Okinawa. So there's there's a lot of diversity in a bit, and again, it's it's a tourism product that I think will flourish when when life life does come back to to normal. Uh, it's certainly a it's certainly a market that we're you know we're we're very bullish about and feel like with with the economic stimulus the Abe government has planned for um will tourism will certainly be right up front on the agenda and bringing bringing back economic activity into into that market i gotta we gotta close because uh we're over time but if there was one place that if if you can choose and you can choose anywhere doesn't matter near or far once the borders open where you can go where will it be and why in 20 seconds be on the spot there. Um, I I would have to say it would be uh, it, within my batch. It would definitely be somewhere in the Pacific Islands. Um, I'm going to go with the a remote atoll in French Polynesia because I think that's that's exactly what I need to recharge um, and get some downtime on, on get some dive time and yeah get get some exposure back to the beaches and some water. Um, Abhijay, thank you so much, and 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 I know that you're you're about to be blessed with a second child. And from all of us, we wish you and your family only our warmest wishes, a safe and successful and healthy baby, and all the very very best. Thank you so much, David. Thanks for the time. Lovely to chat, and yeah, look forward to staying in touch.